Welcome to Navigating Real Estate, where we discuss the skills, strategies, and success mindset you need to become a top producing real estate broker. I'm your host, Ryan Bucola. If you are advising clients on purchasing a property with acreage in Central Oregon, whether it be a hobby farm or a full-scale hay operation, you need to understand water issues in Central Oregon. From water rights to irrigation districts to drought and conservation efforts, it's complex. We're so glad to have Kate Fitzpatrick, Executive Director of the Deschutes River Conservancy, here with us today to help us make sense of some of the challenges in our region. Welcome, Kate. Thank you, Ryan. It's great to be here. Kate assumed the executive director position at Deschutes River Conservancy in 2021 after 16 years of experience at the organization, managing and directing programs to collaboratively, collaboratively restore stream flow in the basin. I nailed that word, didn't I? She came to this work with a BS in geology from Colgate University five years of experience of wilderness education, an MS in environmental studies from the University of Oregon. Kate also brings a firm belief in both rivers and the power of community to work together to find solutions to potentially divisive natural resource issues. Kate continues to be inspired by the vision that brought tribal, environmental, and irrigation interests together in the 1990s to create real and lasting results in our rivers and streams. She's excited to use her passion for bringing together diverse perspectives in leading the DRC in achieving its mission and vision to its fullest capacity. Wow. It's a long bio. I better cut that, nice cut that down next time. Nice work. <laughs> That's fantastic. When not working, Kate can be found exploring all forms of water with her two boys in tow. Kate, can you tell us the mission of the DRC and what some of your top goals are for this year? Absolutely, Ryan. The mission of the DRC is to restore stream flow and water quality to the Deschutes Basin. We do that through collaboration and consensus. So this year, we're really trying to accelerate projects that restore stream flows and help farmers in the basin. Uh, the major kinds of projects we're working on are supporting canal piping, water conservation, and water banking, where we can help water rights move around more easily to where they need to go. I love this. We get what we talk about farmers. We talk about tribes. We talk about um, what else do we have in there? We've got uh, commercial and recreational use. There's a lot of a lot of seats at the table. Yeah, we think of ourselves as a bridging organization that really tries to bring the various interests together around water. We're tired of all the conflicts around water, so we're hoping we can do this. Well, we know we can do this as a community to meet all the needs. That's really fantastic. I think conflict is a, is is a good word, right? It's it's contentious. Yeah. It's contentious, and it's getting harder with drought and climate change. The issues are just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, more people and less water. Mm -hmm. You're an expert on the Deschutes Basin. <clears throat> I love the Deschutes Basin. It's like my favorite place <laughs> on the planet Earth. Some of our listeners might not be fully versed on the basin and where our water comes from, whether it's for agricultural, in-stream, or municipal uses. Can you give us a high-level overview? Absolutely. And, and water can get complex, so pull me out if I go too deep, but I'll give a high-level overview. I, I see what you did there. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was good. Uh, so most of our water in the Deschutes comes from snow that falls in the Cascade Range. And of this water in the basin, 86% of that gets diverted, stored and diverted for irrigated agriculture. 
Um, about 12% of the entire water budget of the basin is protected as stream flow in the rivers themselves. And surprisingly, for most people who live in central Oregon, uh, only 2% is used by the city's golf courses and breweries um, in central Oregon. So the majority of the water is really used by the irrigation districts. And why is this? We're going to have to take a small dive into Oregon water law. Um, in the state of Oregon, the public owns the water, which is a good thing. Um, but the state manages the water and... Um, and by the end of the, well, by the beginning of the 1900s, the state had given away more water rights to use water than exists in the river in the hot summer months. So that's called over-appropriation. We oversold it. We oversold, oversold the resource. We were really, you know, excited to develop, develop Central Oregon and, and people weren't really thinking about what was left in the river. So there's a couple things to know about, uh, water rights, especially that will be helpful if you are an agent or a realtor. Um, so the water right gets attached to a piece of land, and it's a, a right to use that water. You have to use that water for what's called beneficial use, which can include things like agriculture, industry. Uh, mostly we're talking about agriculture here. Um, the other thing that's really important is it's called first in time, first in right. So the people who got the first water rights have the best water rights. And in times of shortage, if they if there's not enough water to go around, they get all of their water before the next person in line gets their water. So um, by 1907, the state had given away more water rights than existed. And we're playing catch up. Um, and where you sit in the basin and really what irrigation district you're in, and there are eight um, will really dictate how reliable your water is as a farmer. Interesting. Deschutes County population has grown substantially over the last 20 years and going to continue to grow. I think we all can agree on that. Can you talk about how this growth has impacted the river system and the allocation of water for both farms and agricultural areas in the cities? Yeah. So as I mentioned, the surface water was given out and there is no more available. So there's no more surface water from the river taken out. All new growth has to come from groundwater and we are seeing declines in groundwater. Um, but an interesting opportunity with an urbanizing population is that some of the farmland that used to use irrigation water is being developed and there's actually an opportunity to restore that water to the river. So in some cases, um, ironic as it sounds, urban growth can actually help restore rivers. So actually putting more flow, back, less demand on the river and putting, you know, keeping more flow in the river, exactly. less diverting. Exactly. The Deschutes River Conservancy's come up with some <clears throat> pretty forward thinking solutions to help property owners conserve water. Can you tell us a bit about those programs and what your hope is for the future? Absolutely. So one of our longstanding programs is called our in-stream leasing program. So if you're a farmer or you move up here from, let's say, California and you buy a piece of property with irrigated um, irrigation water rates, but you're not yet sure how to use them or you want to take a year off farming, we will pay you some money to actually leave that water in the river and we'll protect that water from diversion. So that's a really flexible, temporary tool that water rights holders can use to help the river. Um, we're also working on expanding that program and what we're calling our water bank pilot, where um, someone can choose not to use their water and actually let it go help a farmer who really needs that water up in Jefferson County, for example. Is that the North Unit? That's the North Unit. Yeah. Yeah, they, the North Unit Irrigation District has the most junior, so the most unreliable water rate, but they're most economically dependent on that water engaged in production agriculture. Um, and this last year, they faced extreme scarcity around water. 
um, you know, with about a quarter of their allocation um, and about 50 percent of their whole district followed. So the water bank pilot tries to move water from people who may have more available water to farmers who need it in exchange for water in the river. Um, Another program that we're really excited about is our on-farm efficiency program. So if you're a farmer that's, for example, flood irrigating, which is not a very efficient method of irrigation, we have money to um, help upgrade your infrastructure so you can move to sprinkler irrigation, thereby saving a lot of water as well. Get some pipe going instead Get of flooding. Get some pipes, it. yep. And that's um, our vision is, is within the irrigation districts to have a fully piped and pressurized system that saves water and money for farmers. It helps the irrigation district manage their water more easily, and it lets these trades of water happen more easily as well. What's the discussion like in around, like you just talked about, so some flood irrigating and these, you know, hobby farms that maybe are just maintaining their water rights, use it or in a use it or lose it fashion, just to have those water rights as as a a tangible and saleable um, good with their property keeps their property values up. I know that's the question: is mm-hmm. hey, I got ten acres and I got eight acres of water, right? It's, so how do, is there, I'm sure there's discussion. What does it look like with those people, you know, versus a production unit like the North unit where you just got a lot of, um, you know, real production that happens versus just a hobby is, what kind of conversations are you having around that? That's kind of a roundabout question, but maybe yeah. something for discussion. It's a fantastic question. Um, we're in the position of trying to set up the voluntary programs where folks like that can use less water. Um, I didn't mention this, but the in-stream leasing program counts under Oregon water law. You have to use your water every five years or you can lose it. Um, The in-stream leasing program counts as a year of use. So if you want to hold on to your asset with your property, but you don't want to use your water, you can protect it in-stream and still retain that asset. Right. So that's an example of a voluntary program. Um, And also we're, we're working on other ways to allow those folks to be compensated and share their water temporarily so that they can really help out with some of the more severe problems. Interesting. Yeah. It seems to me like that, uh, there are people who have water rights who just don't need them. It's true. Um, state water law does not currently differentiate between the use of water. I think, you know, it's not the job of my organization at this point to lead that conversation, but I think that conversation will be happening in areas across the West as we face more and more scarcity. Yeah. And as we face more scarcity, they become more valuable as well, right? So it's it's a challenge. On the real estate side, we've seen a lot of interest in ranch and land properties, people moving from out of the area that want to be cowboys and they want to be ranchers and and they want to grow their own food, maybe have some horses. What kind of education is available for real estate brokers that want to better inform their clients about water issues? Great question. And actually, Ameritidal and Remax had a forum a couple of weeks ago where they invited people to come learn about water, where I spoke and um, Central Oregon Irrigation District spoke. We're doing another one of those on April 20th at 10 a.m. at Cascade Sotheby's. And then we're doing a Zoom presentation on June 28th. So it would be interesting if we could record that and then we could go ahead and post that on our website and have that be a resource into the future. 
Um, generally, if you're selling property with water rights, call the irrigation district. Um, make sure you understand and that your potential buyer understands what the nature of the water right is, what the reliability of that water right is, and how it needs to be used to protect it. Um, and also, the DRC is a great resource for some of the programs that we've been talking about today. Um, we also have a, a resource on our website called Raise the Deschutes that has a, a seminar series that dives into water rights. I think we've done eight of them so far. We're doing one a month, and you can go on and um, view that at any time. So we're at www.deschutesriver.org. Great. Can I put you on the spot <laughs> for a minute? How sure. What kind of CFS have we talked about? How or have we been able to put back into the Deschutes? Yeah, we've restored over 300 cubic feet per second to date wow. into the rivers. That's yeah. fantastic. And to put that in context for people that don't speak in cubic feet per second, um, the middle deschutes in the summertime below the river house um, would have been dry this summer without our programs. And it was flowing um, generally at about 125 CFS. Good. So Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for this that. This work works. Thank you for that. <clears throat> the DRC's hallmark event, River Feast. It's coming up soon. This is a fabulous event and super fun to attend. Can you tell us about the event and how people can get tickets and contribute? I can. Thank you. Uh, River Feast is a lot of fun. We get together at the Unitarian Church in Bend, which is a gorgeous uh, facility. This is going to be May 4th, which is a Thursday night at 5 o'clock, and we're just going to get together, celebrate the river, um, have dinner, have an auction, and really just celebrate the work. So we would love for any and all to join us at River Feast on um, May 4th. And you can, again, buy tickets at our website, which is www.deschutesriver.org. That is awesome. Kate, anything else you want to add? I just really appreciate you all caring about water and listening in. And Ryan, thank you for inviting us again. And uh, thank you for your support over the years. Water is critical to all of us here in Central Oregon. So I'm really excited about everybody taking, doing their part to steward it and raise awareness around it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Navigating Real Estate. Listen, follow, drop us a review. Your feedback means a lot. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to share it.